there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. We're back. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Purple Pill Podcast. Purple Pill Podcast. The Oh, God dang it. No. Sorry. I don't. Why does it have to be that way? I don't know. It's just funny. The Purple Pill Podcast. I hate saying the P over and over. I feel I feel Pollard. Purple Pill Podcast. On Podbean. Oh, does anyone have a Kleenex? Shoot. Oh, no. Oh, this is... The episode called, oh, this is a good title, man. I know. The episode is called Satan, the Accuser, and AI. So this is going to be pretty heavy. Um, and uh, I think we'll get a lot of, uh, uh, you know, insight onto uh, the intention. Satan. Behind uh, the... The, the, is he like the archetype? Is this like the basis of all fear? Like of all supernatural fear, like monsters, horror movies. I mean, we know it is for the exorcist, Amityville horror, poltergeist. I mean, is Texas this chainsaw? I mean, really like in the background, is this the, the cause of wars, world war two, Hitler, as well as horror movies, fiction, science Stephen fiction. King novels. Science? I think if, I've thought, actually thought of that. Like watching Star Wars, right? You got like the the Force and then the dark side, right? right. You have Darth Vader, right? And the the Emperor, right? So that's like Satan, and then like his like right. arch demons or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know. On one hand, we wouldn't have any cool stories without the bad guy. Oh, for sure. There, I mean, every story wouldn't be cool without the bad guy. And then at some point, we've had too many stories with the bad guy. Yeah, I feel like, like they they blow up the Death Star at the end of uh, the New bad Hope. guys glorified in a lot a lot of different movies. Well, even if they're not glorified, they come back. Okay, the end of the horror movie, right? Two hours, all the buddies are dead by the knife, right? There's the girl that's you know still alive. She barely yeah. kills the bad guy. Okay, cops come, parents. Oh, I'm so glad you're safe. I mean. Ten seconds later, you see the bad guy. You know, pull, you know, all of a sudden he's alive again. Or <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He has, the body's not that's there anymore. That's in all of them. Yeah, that's in all of them. Even, so, Friday like, the 13th. Even, even on cool movies, like and I always come back to Star Wars. I guess I'm a geek like that. But like New Hope, Death Star blows up. Luke did it. He used the Force. We're going home. Like the biggest weapon the Empire has, blown up. Okay, great. Destroyed. They get the awards. R two D two C three P all shiny and new. Beep boop boop boop. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Boom, we're screwed. Yeah. Here comes the Empire. Why is the very next one Empire Strikes They're back? back? Why is it just we're chilling for a bit? I they, know. Huh? They got chin checked and now they're gonna stand off a bit a bit. No, they come back hard. They, and that, they come back way too hard. They cut off his hand. I mean it's a whole thing. Yeah. Han Solo gets uh, you know, put in like carbonite. The frozen chamber, it's whatever. A full, yeah. It's a bad trip. Is it the whole flick's a bad trip? Luke spends half the movie on a freaking what is that, swamp? Yeah. 
Yoda used to be cool, but now he's like an old man and kind of senile. Still knows some stuff, you know, but right. it's just kind of a downer. It's very satanic. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> anyway. I had to get us back on topic. Uh, oh, you did? Okay, good. Um, this is the show where we suspend our beliefs on what was and what is. And we use our imagination on what is and what could be. Okay, so we're going to use our imaginations. We need to suspend our beliefs, though, you guys. All right? Um, especially today. Especially this episode. Because... People are going to be triggered. Um, and some people are going to be, you know, going, you know what? I always kind of knew this was the deal. I'm just glad somebody finally said what we've all been thinking. Right? I get triggered by the word trigger. You do? Yeah. Maybe I should. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just. I don't think people are going to be triggered. It's just a new outlook? idea of right. Satan it's, is being. It's it's a new idea. It's a, but don't give it away. Okay. Um. Okay, so we got Satan, we got the accuser, we got uh, we got uh, AI, artificial intelligence. All right. Right. So, how this all begins? Um, it was just it's another rolling part of um, of my uh, spiritual awakening, uh, the supernatural experience, and so Holy Spirit. I, I think it was, I was driving to work, and I was coming out of my complex, and I just got this. The night before the spirit had me in the gospels, uh, Luke, I think it was Luke 10, 19 and 20 uh-huh. with, I give you all the authority over the enemy and his powers, Yeah, which I had apparently never seen before or understood. I couldn't believe what I was reading. Um, so, yeah, so Jesus basically gives me the authority, you the authority, gives us all the authority over the enemy and his powers. And then he doubles down and says, you can't be harmed by the enemy. That's how much authority you have. And I was really just on a good one, going to work, driving into work, knowing that, you know, taking him at his word and believing it. And then Holy Spirit had like a little bit of whisper. Oh, it gets better than that. You're going to love this. And I'm like, what, what? Holy Spirit's like, I don't know. Kind of teasing me, right? I go, you got to tell me. I go, let me guess. It can't be true. Satan isn't real. (laughs) Holy Spirit's like, yes and no. I'm like, okay, yes and no. I mean, I'll take yes and no. I was coming from a theology with that, you know. I'm scared shitless. Yeah, I'm coming from theology (laughs) that Satan is. Under my bed. Under my bed. Red and with horns. Yeah, and if he's not red with horns, he's pretending he's a, you know, angel of light. And then the last second, he's turning into horns and I'm, you know, he's going to melt my skin off for eternity. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that was, you know. For he real, ca- he causes all things. You know, he's the god of this world. You know, the the, the normal theo- theological doctrine that the church teaches to scare the living daylights out of you, and it works for a time, um, but at some point it just gets annoying. Like yeah. the bills are bad enough. I don't need Satan. You know, wars are bad enough. Pain, suffering. My dad died. You know, all this is all bad enough. I don't need sure. on top of it some guy that's gonna you know peel my um, skin off for eternity. And, a and monster. Some kinda, so she, uh, so uh, Holy Spirit was like, you know, yes and no. I go, okay. Went to work and just with this, I'm like, oh my gosh, Satan isn't what I thought he was. That's great. And so um, at the end of the day, well, throughout the day, I kept asking some in between work calls and things, I would ask questions of the Spirit internally and I would just get little hints, kind of like saving like the best for last type thing. Yeah. And I, um, 
this morning I was thinking about this episode we're going to do, and I flashed back. Uh, I was with my wife and kids. We only had two at the time. We have three now. Two at the time. Back in Fullerton. And Fullerton is surrounded by a bunch of churches. And we went to every one of them just to check them out, which one we liked, which one, you know, didn't. Not that we didn't like them, just, you know, different styles, different strokes for different folks. So we go to this. So it's Halloween, and uh, there's a church behind us, kind of a smaller place. But um, it goes, come to our haunted house. It's called (laughs) Hell House. Hell House. I'm like, geez. That was a church? It was a church. It's like we have a haunted house for Halloween, and it's called Hell House. And little kid, don't bring your little kids. Just so Randy, I I don't know. I think uh, we took the kids out trick or treating, and then Grandma came by and took him somewhere else to go trick or treating too. So it was just Randy and I. We go to the church. You went to Hell House. We went to Hell House. We go to this, and I was like, you know, my expectations were pretty low. It's kind of a, you know, it's not the, it's not one of these mega churches, you know. And so I go, yeah, we want to go to Hell House, and everyone's like, okay, and yeah, we go in, man, and. It was the grimmest, wildest haunted house I've ever been to. Scenes of suicide. No. I'm talking dark. There was one scene where you, and so the theme was you are an invisible person in these rooms with these people. One was like a guy that was an alcoholic and he was contemplating suicide and then he shoots himself in front of you as a Halloween. And then another one, I think it was in a, you know, I didn't even want to say it. And then the third one, there might have been four, but the third one was the scariest. It was so, I have PTSD right now thinking about it. You walk in this room, dude, and it is lit up with these projections, high-powered, high-quality projections of flames <laughs> and people in, in, in movie-style professional makeup that look like they're melting and bleeding from their eyes and their skin's melting off and they're screaming in agony and they're depicting hell. And this is where the suicide guy apparently went and the other guy that, who knows what, some kind of, you know, I mean, this would turn someone into a freaking psychopath if they were looking at it. This was at church. This was at a church for Halloween. And it was so like a Rob Zombie movie. It was worse than it was terrifying. It was deeply disturbing where I wanted to leave. You had to stay in the room for like five minutes while the actors do their thing. I wanted to leave immediately. Wow. When they finally let me out, Randy and I go on the street and I go, I'm slightly offended. Yeah. And at the time, I believe these, this type of theology. But right. I'm still offended because it's way too intense for people. For sure. And I'm just like, what kind of message is this, man? Yeah, so is that's... this a message like, like really, you really think, you really believe someone's going to that? Like who, I don't even know if Hitler deserved, I mean, <laughs> this was like, I felt bad for my enemies, bro. <laughs> I felt bad that Satan had to live there. I mean, it was that terrifying. It was so horrible. And it was very well done in that sense. I mean, it it made hell worse than it probably actually is even in theology, if you could believe that. Yeah. And so um, that's what I flashed back to. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. That was such fiction bullshit. Just, you know, it's just fear-mongering to keep people coming back and, you know, put... Uh, you need to keep people in the seats or your church goes bye-bye, right? Oh, for sure. And so hell works really well for a time. Um, yeah. And then people just go, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm a, you, you know, know, I need to suck my thumb and pray for death. And everyone that, you know, doesn't get it the way I get it, I guess is going to be, you just kind of, <laughs> it's so negative. You just kind of ignore it when you go to church, right? It's that, the elephant the whole, in the room. 
Yeah, the whole hell thing. is the elephant in the room. Satan and hell. Okay, so you go to church, you're having this great time. Hell is literally the elephant in the room. If you have any friends that are a different faith, if you have any friends that are secular that had a bad experience with church at an early age, it or scares the most people away. Yeah, the th- the thought and the whole concept of it. Yeah, I d- think it just scares a lot of people away from church in general and from Jesus and the Bible. I mean, you can't even mention Jesus or the Bible because to people that they've polluted it with hell. Yeah, they're just scared of that. I was reading an article preparing for this episode. And it was these uh, two mainstream, you know, church scholars talking about, um, uh, you know, Christians and going out to other countries and proselytizing, you know, to other faiths. Right. And one of the, um, they use coded language, you know, they don't use, they don't say the word hell because they know it's off-putting. Oh, for sure. So instead they go, well, we know that missionaries are being threatened, you know, the, the villagers are are not taking kindly to their prophetizing. Am I saying that word right? I think so. Anyway, um, to their, uh, you know, pro- preaching. And um, the interviewer goes, well, why is that? And she goes, well, you know, we're giving them a choice. You know, that's, that's <laughs> something the other faiths don't give them. You know, we're giving them a choice. And I just, I stopped reading the article. It was just too much. I was like, you know what? Uh, you're giving a person, that's not a choice. Right. So you're putting a gun at somebody, a theological, spiritual gun at them and going, it's my way or make my day, right? So I'm going to shoot you or you're going to believe what I believe, right? So it's hell or you do, or you say this and you believe this. Yeah. That's what this, and then if they say, okay, whatever you say, I just, you know, you freaked me out. This, you painted the picture of hell. <laughs> I'll take the eternal yeah. life. Fuck. Anything but it. All I, I have to do is I'm say scum. Jesus. All I do yes. is go to work every day and raise my kids, but I guess I'm going to hell. <laughs> You know, so I guess, okay, here's, you know, I'll join your church and it's okay. You've been saved, dude. I was doing just fine. (laughs) I'm saved. I need to be saved from this idea. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's just, it popped. So I read the article, it popped up. I I flashed back to that hell house, calling it hell house. And so at the end of, um, at the end of the day, Holy Spirit described Satan as, uh, as your ego. It's, it's Satan is a way of being. It's a uh, it's a thing you identify with. So it's a it's a it's a um, it's a viewpoint of negativity of lack. It's when you really are embodied by it. It's when you're a nihilistic teenager. I've always heard this that ego stands for edging God out, which is Satan's number one right uh you know goal right. right is to edge edge anything out that takes away from ego any other solution that ego doesn't come up with is not the right solution and may be unsafe right it goes hand in hand with um with the system of the matrix the 3d and the truman show to be honest yeah that's like the ego's backup i mean i have theories um and we can talk about those a little bit today and maybe in later episodes but it seems like they all link up right the ego loves predictability uh-huh. and the Truman show is predictable. The 3d is predictable. And the it's matrix scripted. is predictable. If you is. believe their belief system. And so right. your ego makes you go, Oh yep, that makes sense. Yep. Yep. This is safest because you don't want to, you know, 
you can't walk on water, so don't you know? <laughs> don't even try. Yeah, don't even try. You don't just forget about. Believe it. in lack and start hustling. So just in in fact, just stop using your imagination. Right, right, and don't think you can do anything. <laughs> so when the Holy Spirit revealed this, I went, "Oh my gosh!" It dovetailed with the scripture that I had read the night before of "We have the authority over the enemy." So in the twinkling of an eye, the idea of Satan. The archetype that is, we'll get to what it actually is. The archetype disappeared like the Wicked Witch in Wizard of Oz. She was all powerful. The green face, the monkeys flying. She can see the future. She knows where Dorothy is at any moment. She can send the monkeys to pick her up and fly her to her castle. But at the end of the day, it was just a mop and a bucket of water. And she was dust. That's That's it. That's it. All it took was insight from the Holy Spirit like that. Yeah. Knowing. And then matching it up, it's your ego. It's you. It's your ego. Your pride. Everything that goes against the teachings of the master. And so I started to, to delve into that, right? After, after I got that revelation, I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, let's go search. So I got the download. Now I want to confirm with the Bible. And I want to confirm with spiritual friends, outside sources, if that, and it turns out, of course, because once you get, when it's the Holy Spirit, you know, you test the spirit. And so confirmation came rolling in and we'll start with one. So you're fighting with yourself. <sighs> Always. Well, your higher self, the Christ right. within you, right. the Holy Spirit who lives within you, who is the part of God that is you, the true you is always fighting with the counterfeit you. Yeah. The ego, the, 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 the you know, we created it as children to keep us safe. Because our parents freaked us the fuck out, right? They had the news on all the time. We're yeah. thinking about random. We, I mean, this is not what we signed up for. So we start mimicking and we start creating this thing. And, and it basically becomes like an artificial intelligence. Oh, sure. We just, we get on a loop that we think keeps us safe and we don't want to venture outside of that. Why would we? We're tiny and we can't yeah. fend for ourselves. We don't know how all this shit works yet. And then even at, once we do know how, then the news ratchets it up even more. Well, the carjacked. Don't forget about that. Oh, don't forget the gangs over here. Don't forget this over here. And so you're just surrounded. Uh, would you say a couple episodes ago, like, you're in, you, you uh, prison of the mind or box yourself in? Yeah. So You're uh, trapped. You're trapped right. in a box. So I'm not just going to say, well, the Holy Spirit told me, and now you know this is what you should believe. No, you don't have to believe me. Please don't. Let's go into... We're going to delve into how Satan is not what we think it is. Does Satan exist? Absolutely. But it's within each one of us, and it's we can choose to reject or believe. Okay? Right. It's, it's not this roaming entity looking to devour us. Um, so you want to look at it? Oh, yeah. So we're going to go to... Um, okay, so the, the premise I'm going to start with is Jesus is Jewish. Okay. And historically, the Jewish faith does not believe in the archetype of Satan. Okay. As what, the devil or? Yeah, you know, this guy that runs hell and has an army of demons that is going to take uh, people that don't believe uh, in Jesus to hell and eternally torment them forever. Meaning, like, you know, right. terrible Eternal. things. I mean, it's the worst Damnation. thing in the world. It's like Hell House. So what do they believe? Actually, hell, Hell's probably... 
I mean, even the idea <laughs> in my like mind was it was it worse than the Hell church House in Fullerton? Hell House was horrible, you guys. <laughs> okay, look. So we got uh, we got Jewish uh, myjewishlearning.com, rep- reputable website. Um, and it says, "Do Jews believe in Satan?" Okay. In Jewish texts, the devil is sometimes an adversary and sometimes an embodiment of evil. All right. So it starts here. Uh, Satan occupies a prominent place in Christianity which generally regards him as a rebellious angel and the source of evil who will meet his ultimate demise in battle at the end of days. Sounds like a Bruce Willis. Uh, I know, right? Anyway, Jewish, Die hard. But Jewish sources, now this is the key, because bef- you know, Jesus, the historical Christ, the historical Lord, is Jewish. So we're going to put Christianity on the shelf. It doesn't exist for right now, okay? Jewish sources, on the whole, don't dwell as much... On the satanic, but the concept is nonetheless explored in numerous texts. Mm-hmm. Satan appears in the Bible, was discussed by the rabbis of the Talmud, and is explored in detail in Jewish mysticism or Kabbalah, which is you know a fictional, uh, alchemical uh, allegory, or I'm sorry, allegory and uh, symbolism. But in Hebrew, the term Satan is usually translated as opponent or adversary, and also uh, very often the accuser, okay? And he is often understood to represent the sinful impulse. Oh. So he is often understood to represent the sinful impulse, or more generally, the forces that prevents human beings from submitting to divine will, the higher self. The thought of doing something bad. Exactly. The forces that prevents human beings from submitting to divine will, quote-unquote, higher self, what would that force be? That force is ego. ego. He is also sometimes regarded as a heavenly prosecutor or accuser. Boom. A view given expression in the book of Job, where Satan encourages God to test his servant. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, The Bible contains multiple references to Satan. The word appears just twice in the Torah. Uh, both times in the story of Balaam, the seer who is asked by the... Okay, and it goes into these two. The term appears in multiple other instances in the prophets, often in a similar context where um, uh, God places an angel in his path as an adversary for people. Uh, so again, a, a symbol of something instead of an actual deity or some type of supernatural figure. Referring not to a specific figure, as I just said, as the Satan, but rather as a descriptor, as a descriptor for individuals who act as a Satan, i.e., as adversaries. Right? That's it right there. Referring not to a specific figure as the Satan, but rather as a descriptor for individuals who act as Satan, pause that dovetails with the master who calls Peter Satan in a fit of anger. So it's a someone that's opposing. Yes. Their divine self. And yes. Yes. Not a specific figure. It's a description for people who are acting like a jerk. Like an okay. asshole. Like a Satan. Much worse than a jerk. Or, or not or even acting. Thinking. Yeah. In that moment, right? Because thoughts are actions. Right? Absolutely. So... Mixed with emotion. Right. Put that with words. And here comes hell. So that's why. I always thought this scripture was funny in Matthew. 
23, Matthew 16, verse 23, when, when, you know, he's, he's predicting, he predicts his death and his resurrection. Um, and I think he, he must go to Jerusalem, right? Suffer many things from the elders and the chief, the priests and scribes. Uh, but Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Oh, oh, so get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Boom. Now we're talking Peter. Okay. Now let's just, let's just give the listener some, some context here. I believe this is, this is okay. Right before this whole scene, this always tripped me out. Why is he calling his buddy Peter Satan? It's not just his buddy either. We're talking the <laughs> cornerstone of my church, he calls Peter. Right. Okay, two or three days before this, maybe a week, they're up on the mountain, and Moses and Elijah appear in the sky and start talking to Jesus on the side, right. visiting with yes. him. Long time no see. Jesus transfigures, turns into white light, blows everybody's mind. Tells Peter how wonderful he is and how he's going to start. Peter's going to be the cornerstone of his church, meaning the archetype of the Peter, the warrior who wants to defend Christ, the warrior who wants to stand up for truth. Sure. You know, that's the way I take it. Peter's the alpha male of the disciples. He's always the one that's like, I'm not letting anyone arrest you. It's the guy that cut cut the ear. Yeah, I'm going to break their face. You're not going to be arrested. Right. Okay, so three days prior... Peter's going to be the cornerstone of the church. So fast forward, get behind me, Satan. Telling that to Peter. I why know. Would, why would I, he, that I never understood if, it. Okay, I really so didn't. If Jesus is the son of God, he is. He knows, according to normal church theology, that Satan is this power, you know, uh, uh, main adversary that runs the world, that is the God of the world. You know, all this... So why would he call Peter Satan? I don't know. Well, he's calling him because he's Jewish, and he knows what we just read. Right. That, that it's referring not to a specific figure as the Satan, but rather as a description for having your head way too far up the wazoo. Worse than that. You're Charles Manson. Yeah. You're going to be really bad. Peter is about to thwart the crucifixion and resurrection that's right. and all of our you know salvation our gift um and so that's why jesus is so passionate about it peter has no you're idea. an offense to me i mean what <laughs> wow that's pretty heavy get behind me satan you are an offense to me i would have been like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. you Three are days not ago. mindful of the things of god but the things of men. Yeah. In context, Jesus just told Peter that he was going to die. He was going to be arrested, die and right. rise again. Yes. And Peter heard that and, and obviously doesn't believe it. And that's why he's like, I'm not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. I'm going to go like, cut through all their ears off. Yeah. It's like, bro, I just told you what was going to happen. You still don't believe <laughs> yeah, me. Get behind you're, me. Idiot. You're faithless. Get behind me. <laughs> Get behind me. Satan. <laughs> right. So right there. Right. Okay. It is. It's exclamation. Point. Okay. So boom. Jews don't believe in Satan. It's an adjective or a noun. Okay? It's, it's, it's a description. 
This is a triple down, dude, by Jesus. I just, I just, you know what? I, I just. To, Satan, ki- offense to me, and you're not mindful of the things of God. Boom. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, don't even bother talking to me. Body slam. Yeah. You were the cornerstone of my church. Guess that's out. Satan. <laughs> Satan? Yeah, Satan's the cornerstone of my church. So. No, no, but he, Peter, he was just telling Peter, go look it up. He just tells Peter, Tim and I have been over and over this. It's 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 like a it's like a freaking Seinfeld episode. Yeah, it's crazy. Peter does every doing these things right. He gets all these rewards, sees a liar, the whole thing, transfiguration. Forty-eight hours later, he's getting called Satan, rebuked, and in a You're big faithless, way. I'm out of here. I can't wait to leave. We love when when Jesus loses his patience oh, no. because we lose our patience. And so that proves it right there. If you trust the, the master, which right. I think most people, the historical master, words in red gospels, not the Paul version that's, you know, once fire and brimstone for everybody that doesn't conform to authority, the real Jesus from the gospels. I think anyone that reads the gospels and is honest was like, this guy's pretty awesome. Okay. So if you trust him, then, and you know, Jews use Satan as a description. This goes hand in hand. I just read you what they believe. Yeah. Not a, not an entity, but rather as a description. And then he calls Peter Satan in the moment because it's, that's to describe how he's acting. It's, yeah. The it's a done user or opponent. And that's actually why he says, uh, you oppose me or something. Right. 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 You're an offense to me. You're an offense to me. You're opposing me. Yeah. So it's, you're opponent. the Satan. So Satan is not a demonic, one demonic entity. He is a, he is a, and I don't want to even use the word spirit, but he is the uh, embodiment of believing not Jesus's teachings, not the way of God, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Not having the bigger picture. Only thinking of the selfish, only believing in lack, because that's what motivates selfishness. Selfishness only arises from the belief that someone's going to take something that is supposed to be yours, and there's only enough to go around, which is a bald face lie, according to the spiritual masters and all spiritual traditions. We got to get out of this, guys. We can't think things are only one, one way. So is that, you know, because there is another scripture where he says, if you're not for me, you're against me. Of, co- of course, right? because because there's another scripture. I mean, we're triple down, right? You can only serve one master. Right. You can't serve so two. This is all so if you're not for me, you're against in me. Here. It's, it's all like in here. It's like a psychological thing, yeah, I feel it's, like. It's, it's Mark of the Beast, dude. It's Mark of the Beast, right? What what do me and you have been saying? This came to me last night, but it's going to be a future episode, but I'm going to touch on it now because it's just too freaking phenomenal. It's the Mark of the Beast, dude. Okay. What have you and I been saving for like four episodes? When you mix the heart with, with the, the thought, with the yes. mind, right? Yeah. Okay. And then you speak it with the word, correct? Yeah. Okay, watch this, Tim. In Revelation, it says the mark of the beast is going to be in the forehead and on your wrist, right? Uh-huh. Well, where do they take your pulse for your heart, brother? On your freaking wrist, don't they? Especially in ancient times. Yeah. Boom, they take your, so that's your heart and then your mind. And that's where the mark's going to be. The mark of the bull, it's the belief in the BS. That's the mark. And you can't buy or sell if you don't conform to their limiting beliefs and that you are not a child of God, right? Yeah. You won't be able to buy and sell. I just blew your mind. Tim's going to have to sign off, folks. (laughs) I I blew my mind last night thinking of this. This is the mark of the, 
there's no other way to take it. It's the heart and back. the mind. Yeah, <laughs> I'll <No>. be back. <laughs> I'm gonna. I gotta take. Uh, I'm gonna take a commercial take break. Five. Do, we, do we have any commercials? Now that is the mark. I might need ten. I know. So you're either for me or against me. You either have it's a the, psychological thing. I feel like it, it's the whole thing is psychological. You're fighting with yourself. You if, are. If you're the accuser, you're the accuser. Yes, that is a huge thing. You're, the, have, you're your own worst enemy. Exactly. What we say, I think it was last episode, or maybe it was off air. I said, wherever you are in your life right now is a direct result of what you believe about yourself. Yeah. Well, and a lot of this stems with judgment, too. I think we mentioned this in another I mean, episode. That who's your worst enemy? Like, the person who judges uh, the most is yourself. Right. And another word for judgment? Accusing. Right. We're accusing others. Yes. That's a judgment. We accuse ourselves. And we also touched on... I'm my own worst critic. The accuser also, when we get into the... Should we do that? You know, they call him the tempter. Yes, right? they did say that. So he tempts you to do the bad thing, and then you do it, you get caught, and then he accuses you and shames you after you do it. I mean, this accuser, ego... I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to go back to Matthew 4 with the temptation of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we need to. Okay, don't, let me let me give a little context here. Okay, so I was uh, so after the Holy Spirit gave me the revelation that Satan is actually the ego, and then showed me the accuser. Um, another spiritual friend said, oh, "It's very interesting now that we're on this path, this 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 um, this revelation that Satan." So on one hand, so it's good news and bad news, right? He's not one entity that controls an army of demons that's going to melt your skin off for eternity if you don't uh-huh. say my name, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay. But on the other hand, the, so the good news is that doesn't exist. The bad news is there's 6 billion people and we all have an ego. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's 6 billion uh, accusers yes. and there's 6 Satan. billion Satans. Satan's army but just the, multiplied. Yes, right. Okay. So there's no <laughs> eternal... There's eternal, I mean, you, you are eternal. And if you sure. and if you keep letting the ego control all, everything you believe and how you experience life, then you could be here for a while. But right. it doesn't have to be that. No, it doesn't have to be that way tomorrow, 10 right. minutes. Right, right, right. Uh, size of a mustard seed is all. We're on the right track. Okay, so yeah. um, one of the spiritual friends, when I figured out ego, it goes, okay, now go back into scripture, into the gospels. You guys just stick with the gospels. I've been going, trust me, don't even, anyway, go back to where Jesus is fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. I don't even know if that's physically possible. No, and he's I tempted, can't even do intermittent and, <laughs> fasting with an app. I've heard about telling with an <laughs> right. app that, that Jimmy Kimmel does. Right. He looks good. Anyway, um, so go back to the Gospels, read where, G- where Jesus is tempted in the desert after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's not just, oh, he was fasting for you. No, it even like doubles down on how hungry he was. If you go to New Living on that, go to, don't do the King James on this. Just do the New Living for the listeners because it's so descriptive on how hungry this dude really is. All right, so Matthew 4. And what I want to do is this. We're going to substitute the word devil or Satan for ego. And the scripture... Instead of it becoming some kind of, you know, nightmarish arm, mini Armageddon between good and evil, it becomes a typical 25-year-old's 
late night discussion with himself or herself when things haven't really gone the way he or she thought they might. Watch this. All right, so this is Matthew 4. Just starting with verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him. If you well, are the well, pause, son of pause, God, pause. get rid of devil and add an ego. All right. During that time, his ego yep. came to him yes. and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the ego took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the ego took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, "For for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God. And serve only him. You're either for or against me. You can only serve one master. And then the ego went away. Oh, beautiful. And angels came and took care of Jesus. Yeah. Now, Boom. Okay. Now, um, that was so, it's so, in my opinion, it is much more powerful when you substitute ego for Satan. <clears throat> Why is that? Because an outside entity coming to you and it's ugly and demonic, it's easy to reject. However, if it is within you, and it is part of you, and it is self-identifying, and you're weak, is He's hard, very weak. it's Remember, harder to discern. This is before he started any of his teachings. This is like right okay. after his baptism. Yeah, yeah, so I want, to, I want to touch on that. Okay, so yes, he's baptized. What happens is it says in the bapt- baptism scene, the... Um, Remember what I told you when I was having my, I called you the next day, I think, maybe two. And I'm like, the Holy Spirit descended on me like a dove. The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove, meaning he's getting the downloads after he's baptized. That's when he starts to lose the Jesus of Nazareth. Right. uh, Ego identification of who he is. He starts to get the revelation that he is the son of God. And that's why the next scene is the ego coming in trying to convince him that he is not the son of God, that that's a crazy way to think because if you are throw yourself down, let the angels do it. You see what I'm saying? That's why it makes sense now because the ego is trying to thwart the divine knowledge. And this is true for all of us. Right. Understand that's why your ego is saying, no, 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 you know what? You this didn't. You can't do that. This isn't that. Ba 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 ba. Put you in a box. And it's like you know what? I've never taken Jesus at face value. If I'm being honest, I just never have. I just thought, well, that's for him, and I'm just not going to be there. So let's move on to Paul, and we'll just suck our thumb and pray for death and say his name, and that should be good enough. 
and the world he just can gets, fast for forty days. Yeah, he's better. Yeah, yeah. The, the world. He's a stronger the, man than I. Yeah, am. we got to wait until the world goes to complete shit, and then, and then maybe you'll be alive by the time. You know, it's just all it's all hogwash. It's all it's. I just feel a little bit sad about it that I didn't take him at face value in the Gospels alone, and just just hold on to that like a like a like a light in the dark, like right. a tree trunk in a bad storm, like he told me to. I'm getting emotional. Anyway. He gets baptized. He starts getting the download. He starts getting, he starts identifying with the higher divine self. It's all clear as day. Go read it. Then he knows what he has to do. Spirits told him, remember, Holy Spirit guides him into the wilderness. Yeah. Guides him to fast because we have to kill that ego. Or otherwise that sucker will keep trying to put doubt on the downloads on who you really are. And he goes in. Now I was asking Tim before we started the show, I said, we were reading this and I go, gosh, this is so interesting. You know, why would he, why would he weaken himself to the point? I mean, 40 days with no food, bro. That's a long time. I don't know any, I don't even know. You can do I can one. barely go four hours. <laughs> you need to lose. A, anyway. Um, so I'm going, what? And so Tim goes, no, he wanted to weaken himself because if he weakens his physical, he weakens his Ego, the divine self can't be weakened, especially if you're being led by Holy Spirit. Right. Only your ego is dependent on the strength of the food. So the fasting was to weaken the uh, persuasiveness of the ego. Right. Yes. And I'm like, my goodness. The flesh. It went on. It the light bulb went off. It's exactly why he fasted. Exactly. You can't go take on an ego like that fully charged all pumped up yeah no juiced up no. on some red bull no you gotta be juiced up on royce. holy spirit let's go and then you starve that beast right that's where starve the beast comes from right oh man so he had to get loose lucid so when you read it when you read the temptations and you put ego instead of you know this 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 uh mythical creature all of a sudden on one hand it's, it's definitely a new way to look at it yes and it does make some sense it makes a lot more sense right where because it's easier to reject something that looks like Frankenstein or an alien. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. you're full if of you shit. You look like a demon. Enemy. It's a whole other thing to reject who you your mom says you were, who your dad, you're a carpenter, or Jesus you have a brother. Remember, don't forget, also in the gospels, his family rejects him and thinks he's lost his mind. Early on, for a while, the entire the entire town of Nazareth thinks he's lost his mind and he can't do a miracle in the town. Because people think he's like, because he's not identifying as Jesus of Nazareth any longer. He's now identifying as Jesus the Christ, and he is making it happen too. Because he is speaking with authority. He is calling out scripture off the top of his head with pinpoint accuracy, and he's performing the miracles in front of everybody. Come at me, bro. <laughs> you can't touch this dude. No one can touch him. He's so amazing. Right. He's just my hero. I just love him. The master. We're going to have to do that. I love how the disciples call him master all the time. And, you know, modern day Christians, we don't call him master at all. No. No, we call him Lord. I'm tired of hearing Lord. You know what? That's I don't something. think I've heard anyone it's call overdone. him that except for you. Thank you so to much. Be honest. Because, you know, I just was starting this show and I know that on one hand, there's a counterfeit version of Jesus. And then there's the real Jesus. And the name in sure. general has been I did want to say this, dude, from that article that we were just reading earlier. Okay. Um, from myjewishlearning.com. Yeah. Uh, I saw this paragraph in there 
And it says, it's probably one I wanted to read, but the book of Job is sometimes cited to support the claim that the Jewish view of Satan as an agent of God is different from the Christian view, which sees Satan as an autonomous force opposed to God. Right. In the story, Satan inflicts suffering on the human being and seeks to induce him to sin, but only with God's permission. Right. And then also later in that, I did want to touch on that a bit. Um, it's proof that the story of Job is not a literal story as opposed to the historical Christ. Right. Historical Jesus. It's a, it's an, it's an allegory story because I mean, even, I mean, alternative theology and mainstream theology, God and Satan can't be in the same room together. If Satan is this, you know, demonic archetype that ever, you know, that we're, we're led to believe as children. Um, so it is a story it, just to show you that the ego is going to tempt you and try to make all types of bad things happen to, to um, uh, lessen your faith yeah. in God. And then when you don't, when you stand fast with your belief in the teachings of the master, you will be restored every time, period. End of story. It does not exist where someone is not restored. In this day and age, you can't find a person. Anyone that has steadfast belief in the teachings of the master is restored. I love saying that. Period. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. We had a lot of fun. We really did have a lot of fun. Yeah, it was so great. exciting. We get excited. We do. Uh, because uh, we love the truth. Nothing um, like the word. No, I know. There really isn't. I know. There really isn't. Um, we love you. And uh, see you next time. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Later.